Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, guys. It's Blood Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's Thursday. We're almost to the weekend, thank God. And, um... And you know, this whole thing, my allergies, my sinuses is starting to clear up, but I'm starting to feel really a lot better. Well, we wrapped up another in, another season of NCAA basketball. And the game wasn't really close at all. Well, I mean, it was close for part of the first half, and then Villanova started to pull away, and that was it. It just, uh, West, no, West Virginia, I'm sorry, Michigan had a bad shooting night, and early on they were looking good, but then uh, once the shot stopped falling down, Villanova just took over, and pretty much, in order for Michigan to win this game, they were going to play a, a near-perfect game. Because Nova was just hot. I mean, they had you know a um, pretty much an easy route to the to the finals. But then again, when you're a one seed, your path should always be easy, no matter the competition, because you're you're a one seed. That's why you were selected to be a one seed. Is You're really good, and the, to- the way the tournament's set up is just like that. I mean, for one thing, everybody gets a shot in the NCAA tournament, even the little guy, as we saw with Loyola Chicago. But for the most part, the tournament is set up so the best teams are in the finals. Isn't it amazing that kind of a compromise that the NCAA tournament has? It's not about the big guy. The little guy gets a chance to. But the way the tournament's set up, though, you still get the best it's it's for the it's for the best teams to um, be in the finals. So I mean, I mean, wow! You know, compromise in NCAA basketball. Whereas in football, we can't get a compromise because, well, it's just a lot of bit, a lot more money is involved, and a lot of the richer, a lot of the richer football programs are involved as well in this to make sure they get the big piece of the pie and not the little guy. 
But of course, with a little guy, it's a little different because the little guy in NCAA basketball actually has decent coach and decent players still. Whereas in football, it's a little different. The little guy, well, he's just a little guy. In other words, they may say run the table, go 12 and 0 in their season. But they may not have played of any anybody in their conference probably is crappy. But as far as Michigan goes, you can tell they were starting to lose composure when Mo Wagner picked up a uh, foul and a technical in one play. And you know, pretty much the wheels are falling off and then Michigan did have a, did have one last gas towards the end where they could have made a run and they kept and they just kept chucking up threes and bricking them. I guess the you know I guess going to going to the hole was a lost cause, but then again Nova's defense was so tough. Not to mention their players were a lot quicker. Michigan had a hard time moving the ball around them. I mean, they tried this. Michigan tried to slow the game down. Even that didn't work because Michigan, because Villanova's players were so quick, it didn't matter. They just Nova just took care of business. And you know, Michigan, they had a heck of a run. I mean, technically, they should have been. They should have been gone weeks ago. You know, if, if, you know, if Houston would have just made their free throws. Really, all he had to do was make one and force overtime. But that didn't happen. Then, of course, the. Uh, The big thing at the end was Dante DiVincenzo had a game of his life. And so as the season as the game ended, the first things he gets asked about are tweets he made when he was 14 years old. about tweets from seven years ago. Who has time to dig through someone's Twitter history to see what they've done wrong? I mean, people do it. I think think some of you remember uh, the election when they were doing the question of politicians. There was uh, Ken Bone, if you remember... And Ken Bone became a sensation overnight. And then you have people digging up uh, his internet history. I guess he likes some sort of anime porn on on uh, 
Reddit, I guess he mentioned. And of course, and of course, they tried. I guess they, the media tried to say. I guess certain you know publications tried to say that the. I guess he agreed with the police officers with you know with the murder of Trayvon Martin, which was totally wrong. If you actually read what Kembo was saying in these posts they dug up, he was saying according to uh, the court case and the evidence what happened was justified he didn't say it was the right thing he didn't say that the you know that the, not the police not tra- not the police but um, the person who I guess who made the killing of Trayvon Martin I guess he was saying I guess what happened was justified according to evidence he wasn't saying that this guy was, hey, you know, he did the right thing by killing this kid. It wasn't that at all. But the problem is, is certain publications, even our, even ourselves, we read stuff and we, we get excited and we react with emotion and overreact. Whereas this media publication, they were, they were so excited for page clicks they didn't really take it, you know, put any logic behind what was being written and, of course, tried to ruin them. But as far as Vincente, you know, as far as Adifa Senzo, what he tweeted, I guess, was a lyric from uh, Meek Mill on one of Meek Mill's songs and had the N word in it. And he had a whole bunch of other tweets. And, you know, look, actually a lot of people gave him a pass because he was 14 at the time. And they're sure he's matured. But obviously the person doing this is like everybody else in the, in the media, blogosphere. They're looking for page clicks. They're looking for attention. And that's what really what he what, what this person was doing. And that's just how it is because social media you get a lot more of a following because one thing you gain your followers and of course you get your page clicks and in my case I get podcast listens because obviously Twitter is a big business the thing is I don't what I do I don't get paid for it at all I mean I get no paycheck from any of this I just do it because I just feel like doing it Mainly because I'm seeing traffic right now and doing stuff like this keeps me awake, keeps me alert. So for me, I do it for fun. Others, they want page clicks and they they want money because it's, it's a business for them and that's what sells. Because love them do it. 
it's not so much sports publications. Political, obviously, political is a big thing. But anyways, this was this NCAA season was probably one of the more odder ones we've ever had because. Maybe not. But because no conference really stuck out this year. At all. I mean... It's going to take years for me to take the Big East seriously. Because to me, it's just, it's to me the Big East is Villanova and whoever else. And, you know, you, you had some people... On Twitter, you know, some you know, some certain people from a certain uh, school, former Big East school, you know, talking about you know how it took all these teams to leave the Big East for Villanova to be nationally relevant. I mean, maybe they're mad because when they were Big East members, they won four national titles. I'm talking about UConn, of course. Not the left, UConn. You know, Villanova's won two national titles. Maybe they're salty, but nobody told UConn to freaking leave their conference. Nobody did. It really didn't have to leave. Maybe they left because the hope was they were eventually going to get into the ACC. But that was put to bed by Louisville. It's just they don't have a whole lot. But if you want like a New England type program, you got Boston College already for football. I mean, Boston College isn't that good, but it's Boston College. UConn just could just kept their sports, their well, at least their their basketball in the Big East, and possibly move their sports elsewhere if they had to. See if they see what I took them for as a football as a football only member, or go go stay independent or go to the MAC, or uh, I would say Conference USA, but that's a, you know Conference USA is more of a Southern conference, and that's a hell of a travel for a crappy you know paycheck. But I think even if the Big East school stayed, I think Villanova would, would still would have done what they did. But like I said, it was an odd season, and because no conference race stood out. I mean, the ACC was good, but we don't know how really good they really were. I mean, Duke wasn't that great. North Carolina had a you know had a hot hot streak towards the end, but they really weren't much to look at. The best team in the ACC was Virginia, and of course they were they were so defensive minded that it's hard to take defensive minded teams seriously. I mean they, the, I mean of course you take them seriously during the season because they're winning, but it's hard to take them serious when tournament time comes. SEC, you know, you got some good, decent coaches there, and not, you know, not much to write about at home either. Big 12 got a lot of hype, but 
their best team, Kansas, wasn't all that great. Pac-12 was a total wash. So, yeah, I mean, it was an odd, odd year. Alright, as we move on. We'll go back, we're getting back to Jeff Capel here. Cable's been doing a string of interviews and obviously there's been a few things I looked at. I mean, there was done the 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 one he did for them defeated. Of course there was a mention of the Tupac jersey. Or I guess it's a photo of Tupac wearing Capel's jersey. You know how that could be a selling point, I guess he mentioned, because I guess some kids today are, are Tupac fans still. I mean, his catalog has never gotten old. I mean, it's, Tupac's catalog music-wise still holds up in terms of hip-hop. I mean, not so much hip-hop, but just everything in general. If you have kids today that are still listening to Tupac and they love his stuff, then, hey. Obviously, it's, it's held up pretty good for him. It's a, obviously a good recruiting tool as well because if, it's a kid, if the kid loves Tupac, hey, hey, here's a picture of Tupac wearing my basketball jersey. I mean, Ben Howland used to like 50 cents, supposedly. But one thing uh, Cable does mention is that he, um, I don't know, he told um, Coach K, I do know, now now it's coming back, when he was hired at Duke, he didn't want to be the black coach that hired, I think it's to recruits the black, the black kids. That he wanted to be more than just that. And you can't phone for that at all because if you look at Duke and, there, and Duke's history of players that go, that, that attended, it's obviously a lot of white kids. And they can hoop. They're really good with they're really good hoopers too. And it's just that Duke has that stigma about themselves. Because it's white. And so obviously you make it harder for black athletes to go there. Or at least in at least in the basketball sense. So, Cable didn't want to be just that guy who was brought in because he can recruit black basketball players. And, you know, you can't blame him for that at all. The guy's been a head coach at at VCU in Oklahoma, and he did well at VCU, and 
got that program going. He did good things in Oklahoma before it fell apart. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. We'll see what happens with uh, with Capel and where he goes next or, or what he does next because, let's see, he's trying to keep... Obviously, the big thing is to keep the, uh, the core players staying at Pitt. And I think that's what he's battling with right now. My hope is he can get most of those players to stay and address the team needs further. I mean, this is, I mean, next season is going to be a total wash anyway. But at least we can see what the encore proc is going to look like. Oh, let's hope. But anyways, I'm wrapping up basketball here. Next week we're going to talk uh, pit football because the spring game is on April 14th. So I'm going to talk I'm going to talk about football. I've neglected football for a while because of the NCAA tournament, the coaching search, and all the other fun stuff in basketball. So You'll definitely hear more football, less basketball, possibly. Uh, of course, we'll have plenty of Jeff Capel updates because he's our coach, and we'll figure out where his next steps are. But anyways, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Help it. Bye.